backstage passes, and zero to 60 in a super stretch limo? Yeah, that's just how we roll. You're listening to the Mousecapades Radio Network. Happy Hump Day, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Stephanie and my colleagues, Sarah and Brandy from the Your Story Travel Company. We hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 704, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Today, we'll be bringing you all the latest Disney rumors and news to help your week be a bit more magical. The Mousecapades podcast is a part of the Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, one of us will be glad to help. You can text Brandy, Sarah, Vicki, or myself, Stephanie, at 636-395-0544, or email us at yourstorytravel.com, and we'll be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package, so go ahead and contact one of us today. We're starting over on the West Coast. There were, seemed to be a lot of news from there, so I want to make sure that we got it in and I tried to keep it all together, but I think there's some stuff that came in later. So I apologize, West Coast friends. But the good news is Disneyland Forever and Electrical Parade released the dates that they are going to be back at Disneyland. Very cool for them. I would like the Electrical Parade back at Disney World when you guys are done with it. Um, both of these amazing attractions are going to reopen on April 22nd, 2022. And the Main Street Electrical Parade will be performed at 8.45 and 10.30 p.m. nightly. And Disneyland Forever will show at 9.30 p.m. nightly. We do know that World of Color will be returning the same day, but Disney has not, Disneyland has not released the showtimes yet. But we will keep you posted if we find out what those are. We will share them with you. That's so exciting. Yeah, exciting stuff. Um, Keeping it over there in California, like Vicki said, we've got Disneyland trying to improve the traffic flow in New Orleans Square prior to the Fantasmic show, which is set to return on um, May 28th. Um, that's always helpful when they try to make the crowds a little less hectic because, man, it can get really, really hectic both in Disneyland and in Disney World. Yep. So it's happening at the same time that Pirates of the Caribbean is closed for refurbishment, which was scheduled to begin this past Monday, March 14th. The changes will extend the queue of Pirates of the Caribbean so that it doesn't flow down the walkway next to Rivers of America. Some of the raised platforms and the stairs near the waterfront are going to be lowered. Once the refurbishment is completed, trees and greenery will be added to the space to kind of give it that Disney touch and make it look nice and pretty. The wonderful viewing areas and platforms at Fantasmic are not going to be changed. It's always better when you have something nice to look at if you're going to be in a line anyway. I appreciate the shade that you can find at Disney. Yes. Yes. I feel like there's a lack of shade at Hollywood Studios over in Disney World. The land of no shade. Yes. <laughs> that would be Tomorrowland also. Oh, yeah. Yes. Very true. Yep. Yep. Well, some more from California. This is pretty interesting. Um, so magic key holders, which are also known to us on the East Coast as AP, annual pass holders, have been making park reservations for the parks, but then not showing up on the day they reserved. 
Um, what happens is it stops other key holders or annual pass holders from getting into the park. And this is becoming an ongoing issue. So Disney has decided to stop this from ditching their parks after reservation. So now if you're a key holder and you are a no-show for three consecutive Disneyland slash California Adventure Park reservations, either park there, your pass will be blocked for 30 days and you will not be able to get into the parks. This kind of seems a little bit harsh, but several key holders have been taking advantage of the reservation system and causing others to miss out on the magic. Disney said if you come to the park even 10 minutes before the park closes on your reserve day, it will not count against you. But if you change your park reservation, even one minute before midnight on the day of your park reservation, you will also not count as a no-show. The bottom line is, key holders, please be considerate of other people trying to get into the parks. I mean, okay, if it's happening enough for them to do a policy on this, like, is somebody, is this like a concerted effort? Like, is this like a conspiracy? Like, have they all come together and just decided to, like, aggravate other people? Like, what's this about? I think Sarah and Stephanie have said it over and over. This is a locals park. Mm -hmm. And I think they just think, well, I'll go ahead and reserve that day if I don't have anything better to do. And then they're like, ah, no big deal if I don't show up. And I just think that they don't think about canceling it. It's just not a big deal to them. So they don't cancel it. And then it causes other people to not be able to get in. I, I hope, like this gave me a little bit of hope that Disney might see some of the issues and start to try and solve them and the hope that I'm having is that they will do something about all of the dining reservation hoarders yeah. and see yeah. that this is an issue maybe we should try and solve it by like some sort of consequence I don't know I'm okay with consequences you shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff be considerate of other people we all need consequences yes exactly <laughs> So I have some exciting news. This week, Imagineer Zach Ridley revealed details of Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. After it was leaked last week that the ride is set to open on Memorial Day weekend, Ridley said, one of the ways that we help tell the story is by infusing details into all the various functional items that make up an attraction. And this one is no different. The ride's loading gates, Ridley said. The angular design, striking use of colors, and materials all help tell the story of a Nova Corps facility. The railings, station gates, and floor markings are all used to convey the experience in ways that might not be as obvious or apparent, but every detail is a choice that supports our story. Ridley also highlighted the presence of Nova Corps insignias and imagery throughout the attraction, such as the prominent illuminated logo of the Nova Corps. A smaller star blaster, similar to the one seen outside the ride, is also part of the queue area. And we also found out, this is huge, guests must be at least 42 inches to ride this long-awaited ride. Um, so to give you some perspective, guests must be 38 inches to ride Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, 40 inches to ride Big Thunder Mountain, and 42 inches to ride Expedition Everest. So um, think about the intensity of Ex Expedition Everest and <laughs> maybe align Guardians of the Galaxy with that, although I have a feeling it's going to be a little more intense. So I don't know. I feel like this ride is has the potential to really mess with my equilibrium. Um, but are you all excited about this one? <laughs> I think I, I want to ride it, but I want to know how much it spins. Is it a thing yeah. where you can control the spin or is it like teacups? 
where you can, I mean, well, you're still controlling it, but where you're trying to go as fast and fast, as fast, as fast as you can. If it just goes from side to side, like um, Star Blaster, whatever that is, Buzz Lightyear Star Blaster. Space Ranger Spin. Yeah, mm. if it just goes from side to side like that, the listeners cannot watch my hands, but you guys know what I'm saying. Yeah. From side <laughs> to side, if it goes like that, I might be able to do it. Well, I guess it's like, if it's going side to side, but you have to imagine, I'm I'm thinking it's going to go fast. So is it going from side to side and going 60 miles an hour? I don't know that they've released the miles per hour yet. It, it, are you going upside down? <laughs> like, whoa, I need more. I need to know a little more. <laughs> we need to know more. You have to have the things that go over the top. And all the visuals that we've seen, there's nothing that goes over the top. So it must not go upside down. Well... There are some coasters out there that have different restraints. Like, for example, VelociCoaster at the park we don't talk about very often. We um, shall not speak It of. has a lap belt or a lap restraint, but it, it comes the, it has wide parts that come out to the side. So there's nothing holding your shoulders down and you still go upside down. It's about what properties of physics interact with your body on the ride. I have, exactly. Like, I'm like a <laughs> physics roller coaster geek. Like I went, I mean, even in high school, we did projects on that. And so it's all about whatever properties are playing against you, what kind of restraints they need on that ride. I mean, most of the time when you're going upside down, you're getting pushed into your seat. Mm -hmm. And then that moment, like when you go, you hit bottom and you lift up and you or when you go down the hill you 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 have that air time so i don't know we'll just have to see i i'm excited to see it for sure when is it supposed to be coming out again the they leaked memorial day so we'll see oh that's exciting i know a lot of people don't want to watch the ride but for me i think it would make me feel better if i could watch it so maybe when those vloggers i'll watch it to see if i can decide if I take a Dramamine if I'll be able to survive. I just don't want to ruin <laughs> my whole day because that's what it would do. Like if I'm like Sarah, it would throw off my balance and then make me want to hurl. Yeah. Does uh, Dramamine make you tired, Vicky? Well, they actually have Bonine and it's like the off-brand version of that. We took that at the beginning when we first started taking the kids to Disney and that does not make me tired. So it has the same effect. It stops you from being motion sick so that we were able to write all the things with them. And then once they found out what they really liked and they got old enough, then they started writing it by themselves and we didn't write it anymore unless we liked it. I mean, really liked it. Like I like Space Mountain, but I don't like um, how far you have to go down to get in there. Brad's really long legged like Sarah's husband, which that's why I was surprised that he liked it so much. He can barely fit in it. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what Brad was like uncomfortable. And he felt like he was like shaking, you know, I can't think of what cartoon that is where the, the little thing is always sh like going back and forth, back and forth anyway. Um, so we just don't go on it anymore. So I don't feel like it's like necessary. Like he can't, I think it's the front seat has more room or least room. Or less. I can't remember. There's one seat that he can't sit in because his, his legs are just too long. And it's different on every ride or every like, seriously, every ride, every park. So like. The front seat of Seven Dwarfs Mine Train has more room, and so does Rock and Roller Coaster. But sometimes it's the back seat that has more, and you want the 
back of the boat at Small World, but you don't want the back of the boat at Car Pirates of the Caribbean. It's craziest. <laughs> you have to look at the ride vehicle to see where your space goes in. And you want the front also on Frozen if you have long legs. Interesting. Not us, not long-legged people have not thought of this. I have literally never looked at things that way ever. No, I have a long torso and like short legs, so I've never been. No, concerned. I do too. <laughs> Mine is more for before my surgery. I couldn't get in and out as quickly, and I felt like I was holding up the whole process, and I didn't want people angry with me, so I just didn't do it. And then now I've just gone so long without doing it. I'm like, do I need to ride that? No, Brad and I'll just spend some time alone. And my husband's six seven, so he thinks about oh, those yeah. things all the time. <laughs> so crazy. All right. So if you've never seen the electrical water pageant, which I know there are people that still haven't, you are missing out. Um, the electrical water pageant is what is on the Seven Seas Lagoon at night outside the Magic Kingdom. Um, it was showing at eight twenty-five, and I when I first started, I said, "Oh, they're changing it because the time changed." No, they're making it earlier, which made no sense to me whatsoever. But regardless. Um, on Sunday, March 13th, they changed the time from 8.25 to 8.15. And so it's this like bright sea monster in lights and it leads an enchanting twinkling music, musical pageant. And you can see and hear it from along the shore. You can hear it pretty far away. Like, cause we were um, at the Polynesian, I think. And we it wasn't over by the Polynesian, but you knew it was going on cause you could hear it when we walked outside. Um, the procession includes a stirring and inspirational medley of patriotic songs. And that's when the animals turn into flags and all these like red, white, and blue kind of things shimmering on the water. And the electrical water pageant is gonna start outside at Disney's Grand Floridian. That's right where that walkway is that they just built. And you guys, um, there's like a drawbridge or whatever. That's what that is for. So that they can get the electrical parade in and out. It gets there about 8.15, then it goes to the Polynesian about 8.30. Um, Wilderness Lodge, it's about 9.30, and the Fort Wilderness is about 9.45, the Contemporary 10.05, and it finishes in front of the Magic Kingdom about 10.30. So if you're coming out of the park, that's always a great thing. I know we've spent some time just looking at that to avoid the bus lines. Um, not, be I mean, also because it's cool, but it avoids the bus lines a little bit. But it's a great way to finish your day at Magic Kingdom. Have you guys all seen that? Can you see it from the monorail? Yes. If you're riding it? Yeah, so I guess I can say I've seen it, like I've seen, I, that's what I was seeing. I think it was my first trip and I didn't realize that's what I was seeing. But yes, I saw, I remember the Green Dragon specifically because that's what I could really make out like from the monorail leaving. It's really cool. Seth probably hasn't because it's late. We saw the end of it um, while we were staying at the Grand Floridian. Um, we went to the wrong area to view it. Like Aww. we were on time and we we're like, where is it? How come nobody's over here? So then we started running around the resort trying to find <laughs> out where we were supposed to be and we caught the end of it. Um, but I've never seen it from Magic Kingdom. I didn't even know you really could see it from Magic Kingdom, I guess. I don't think we, we try and get out a little faster than 1030 though. I think like we could see it when we were waiting for the boat to get to Wilderness Lodge. But I don't know if you weren't really up there if you'd be able to see it from Magic Kingdom very well. Maybe. I don't know. So, um, talk about a bummer of a day. On Friday, Magic Kingdom's magic was a little bit lacking in luster. Um, we had Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, The People Mover, and Haunted Mansion that were all closed 
when the park opened. Imagine people's disappointment. The Haunted Mansion opened late, but the ride continued to have technical difficulties and it went down several times. The Liberty Bell wasn't running. Pirates of the Caribbean opened late, um, but it showed no issues once its day actually began, so that was good. Astro Orbiter, Splash Mountain, and Space Mountain were still not up and running at 9.45 in the morning. The People Mover opened with the park, but then it went down fairly quickly after the park opened. In fact, guests were seen being evacuated from the ride. Whew. Disney didn't speak to all of the closures and issues, but guests and cast members are forecasting that all of these closures had to be from maybe some sort of electrical issue. It'd make more sense because there were workers working on Tron and they're pretty much there all the time right now. So maybe something happened with Tron that caused some electrical issues for some of the other rides. I'm just thinking that had to have been a nightmare of a day. Like just your luck if you were there that day. Well, wasn't something was struck, Splash Mountain was struck by lightning early, like a couple days ago too. And a bunch of stuff was down. That I didn't hear about. Maybe that's what it was and they found that out later. Maybe. They better, I don't know, spring break, spring break's coming, Disney. Like, oh, I know, and their <laughs> spring break is there for some of, like, some schools. The, I mean, the crowds have just been insane, crazy. Yeah. That would just be such a, especially the way things are now and you have to have a park reservation. Like, you can't, like, if you promised your kids you're going to do all those things and, like, that's it. That's your only day. Well, that's been how Rise has been, you know, because Rise goes down so frequently. And if that yeah. was your Hollywood studio day and you wanted to go and it was down that day, you just, you were out of luck. Yeah, I would say that that's, that's one of the biggest problems, I think, with that park reservation is it's just kind of your inability to pivot in any way. Right. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> can't change your mind. The week that we're on spring break, there is only, Epcot is the only one that still has reservations available because my sister-in-law was talking about that today that um, the band is going to play there and they've known about this since last year. Last year. And this woman is angry because she can't get into the Magic Kingdom. And I told her, I said, there were days open two weeks ago. I know, because I booked somebody. So I don't know what she was doing, but she's known about it since last spring. She even knew the date I know since the fall. The amount of people who go down without reservations and they think that their ticket is a reservation. Mm -hmm. And they're like, but my ticket says it's for this day. Well, no, she said, my sister-in-law said that notes have come out, emails, and it's just one of those things, you know, we have the same thing on our end where I didn't know anything about this. Well, it's been in four emails and the, the school newspaper, the school e-news and yeah. Well, I know it's not the same thing, but we went to Bush Gardens Williamsburg a couple weekends ago and it was so simple. We bought our ticket, we went. We rode rides, we came home. <laughs> like, <laughs> good old days. <laughs> we, we walked into a place and we ate. The park wasn't super duper crowded. And even half the rides weren't even open because they sort of do a seasonal opening. So they're starting to open more things because the crowd levels aren't super high. But, um, I mean, it was just, it was kind of nice. And I mean, it granted, we I remember walking out and I said to my sister-in-law, I was like, well, I kind of miss like not having someone with a giant Mickey hand on waving yeah. and saying goodbye to me. <laughs> but um, 
it was just nice to just buy tickets and go. And not stress and worry about it. And there weren't, there was only one ride that we waited for that had, like maybe we waited 30 minutes and wow. everything else wasn't bad. So I don't, I don't know. I've, Disney, uh, to me, there are way too many people in the parks. Oh yeah, I, I agree with that. They just don't have enough enough going on and maybe it'll change when Guardians opens and when Tron opens but like what is going on at Hollywood Studios and they need to put a cap on the uh, Disney like the Genie Plus there needs to be a cap on how many people can get it per park per day Mm. because otherwise like those days where people are like okay well it is now 9 o'clock in the morning and there are no No, reservations for the rest of the day Yeah, like that's not okay if you're not like Slinky Dog, if you're not getting it at 7 a.m., you're not getting it. No, nope. you're waiting in the line. Yeah, I I keep preaching this, but I'm like, they really need to bring back, I mean, the parade's back. March 9th, Festival of Fantasy's back at Magic Kingdom. Like, they need to bring back the things that spread people out and gave you other things to do instead of just riding rides. Like, when we were there, like we hung out and on the street and saw the citizens of Hollywood and interacted with them and watched them do this whole like, it was like a good 30 minute little improv thing they did interacting with people. Like I understand why that went away and why it wasn't a priority to get back, but things like that need to come back to keep you engaged and feel like that all I did was run around the park to wait in a line. Like you need to feel that magic, like you're immersed in an experience while you're walking around on the street. We had high hopes that they were coming back because they were at, not the Princess Run, but the one in January. I can't think of what that's called. I should know, I know. Um, But whatever that run is in January, they were there to take pictures. So we thought, oh, they're bringing them back. But then we've not heard anything since then. Maybe we'll see something if they're, you know, they're bringing back character meet and greet slowly. So maybe that'll help some. Maybe. For sure. That's, here's hoping. Hope you're listening, Disney. We want, we want our interactions with, with the improv cast back. I know everybody's dying to meet citizens of Main Street in Hollywood. We want to see them again. But this is kind of sad news out of Epcot. Um, The Epcot experience is officially closed this past Monday, March 14th. The plans are officially underway and Zach Ridley said that they feel this model is no longer needed. The Epcot experience did open in 2019 to show the future of Epcot. It revealed previews of things like Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, the journey of water inspired by, by Moana, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, and Harmonious in a 360 degree experience. It really was magic in a whole new way. The spaceship Earth refurbishment and Mary Poppins attraction were also a part of the experience until, of course, the pandemic, and they were removed supposedly temporarily. We still haven't heard any updated information on either attraction. If you never got to see the Epcot experience in person, you may want to go to YouTube to see if you can catch a glimpse of the Disney Imagineers hard at work. Say, I missed that as well. I did too. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. Sarah, did you see it? No. They just need to get done with this construction because <laughs> Epcot's a little irritating. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it was so cool. I, I think I saw I saw it in October of 2020, February 2021, October 2021, December 20. Yeah, I saw it a lot. <laughs> I, I really liked it though. It immer- like it was the coolest thing ever just to stand in the room and everything around you was all the things that they were gonna do at Disney and it was in 
and then there was a model in the middle that they had lights blowing down on so it was changing so if it was talking about ratatouille then there was like cheese and red and white um, tablecloths and little mice all over the little model and then it would change to something else and then it would be different and it was just really it was huh. spectacular that's what i'm saying go on youtube and watch it because i'm sure it's still cool for sure all right sarah i'm ready for this okay <laughs> so as we reminded you last week, Turning Red premiered on Disney Plus this past Friday, March 11th. The reviews are all over the place. Some reviewers love the direction Turning Red took to explain what it is like to be a young teenage girl and all of the changes they go through in life. Other reviewers were angry because they felt like the movie drew young children in with the adorable red panda, but the content was for older children. We strongly suggest you watch the making of Turning Red on Disney Plus before you watch the movie if you are concerned. It was amazing to see how this movie came all together. I watched it and I enjoyed it with my kids. Um, did any of you see it? We watched it. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> I can definitely see where some people would have problems with it, but my thing is then don't watch it. Or if, like, I know with my family, if we have concerns about a movie or we're not sure that it's right for our kids, my husband and I will watch it first. Right. Well, I think the issue is, isn't this rated G? It's rated PG. Oh, it is PG? Yes, and so the, when the people were complaining and Kaylee, uh, Gina sent me the thing and said, Vicki, you gotta read this. And most of the ones that I saw were good, but the ones that were bad were bad. Well, uh, Sarah's right. First of all, I would have immediately looked at the rating if I was gonna show that to a younger child. When yeah. I saw it was PG, I told Kaylee, I said, then they don't really have a right to complain because when you guys were little, no offense, we didn't assume that Disney was general rated. Mm -mm. We would look at it. And especially because it's Pixar. Right. They deal with some heavy issues sometimes. So did Lucy watch it? She did, Lucy and Teddy. I thought it was G. I didn't look at the rating at all. I was one of those people who'd assumed, oh, it's, it's Disney and it's a panda. You're like, not complaining this. about it either. I'm not complaining. Lucy was, and Teddy were too young to really catch on. They're, they're probably too young to really, they're just looking at it. For me, I was like, please don't catch on, please don't catch on, please don't catch on. <laughs> don't ask me what that is, don't ask me, don't ask me. <laughs> My 10 year old, like we've had, she's gonna, I, she doesn't listen to this, so she won't hear any of it, thankfully. But um, we've had talks about, you know, her body and yes, changes, changes, you know, things that are going to happen as she gets older. And she got it. And she thought the movie was hilarious. And um, without getting into too many details, when the mom is in the bathroom, <laughs> you know, yep. with her, um, and she couldn't stop laughing. She thought it was hilarious. And I think my seven-year-old also thought it was hilarious, but I don't know if she thought it in the same way, right. you know? Did it make her ask questions? Cause that's where no. I was like, ooh, I don't know. Maybe if a kid is like seven or eight and you haven't had those talks, like it might suddenly be like, oh, okay, now we have to. And this is probably getting into too much, but we, in our household, we have i'll call it we have literature standing by <laughs> with appropriately um aged images and things like that that um we can discuss with the kids when they have questions so we let them lead those discussions um unless it's something that we see that we need to address um 
but she hasn't had any questions. But I mean, we enjoyed it. So Ivy, you said you haven't seen it, Brandy? Haven't, but just based on what I've read about it, um, I think we, my son actually kept pointing at the picture because you know it comes up on like your Roku or whatever, like that it's being, he kept pointing at it going kitty, kitty. And I'm like, Dennis actually, like my husband, <laughs> He was like, okay, I'll put on the kitty. And what, Dennis, that's a bread panda. And it's the new movie. And <laughs> Wesley's not going to care about it. He's not yet two. Like, he isn't going to get it. Although, like, there's yeah. probably not enough music in it for it to entertain him. But I, I feel like that's probably, like, such a good way for... You got to think, there's not a whole lot of content out there. Yes. For, like, that tween stage where it's bringing things up that are, you know, things they might be thinking about and worried about. And it's represented in a way that um, is appropriate and funny to them. So I'm right. glad your girls like thought it was hilarious. And like, I'm glad that there's something out there for that age group to, to look at and be entertained with. The, the like the main girl squad in the movie, they're kooky. They're yes, they're dorky. They're all very unique and they're tall, skinny, short, you know, and um, there's a part where in the very beginning where she's like i subscribe to all labels like she just <laughs> says she accepts whatever people call you know like whatever people think of her it's just she is who she is and i think it was such a nice message now there was one message that i know a lot of complaints came out about it oh, as what well was it? it was it was about like being dishonest because a lot of the movie they're dishonest and in the end it's like oh well, you should have been honest about this all along type of it's a, that's the message it's supposed to be but since the whole movie they're going behind their parents backs and doing these things mm -hmm. like some kids just took away like oh that was cool to do that like that's kind of neat well, i think the parents uh needed to be watching that movie too because it prep you for what you're going to be dealing with I think it, when True. I was watching it, I saw it from the parents' point of view, where her parent—I mean, the mom—she was really strict with her. Yes. And it made it hard for her to be honest. Overbearing. Yes, and it was hard for her to be honest. And so, you try to—you have to find that balance, right? Where you set boundaries for your kids, but you have to let them make mistakes. Make go, you know, go. Yeah, like you said, go out, make mistakes, and. Um, it's, it's hard though. You know, it's not, it's not easy being a mom. <laughs> I got the t-shirt, but I'm just telling <laughs> Kaylee loved it. Like loved it. She was telling all of her friends to watch it because she said it made me think back to the, when that was me. And you know, there was nothing like that. Like you said that it's not, uh, I think it was Brandy that just said that. Well, I know that I told Gina, I'm like, oh my gosh, you just gotta watch this with Abby. She's like, Abby has no desire to watch it. And I said, the girl's 13, like Abby. That doesn't make any sense to me. She should want to watch it. She goes, she told me she doesn't want to watch it. I'm going to watch it by myself. And I was like, oh my gosh, you totally need to get her to watch it. Because I just thought it covered so many great things. I liked it. It's it set in 2002. Yes, that's awesome too. And that was really fun because it's like the boy band era. Yes. And they're all, you know, geeking out over the, the boy band and... Um, it's, it's kind of interesting though. And it's like, I wonder if that was done on purpose because like that was when I was, I was a little, I mean, I was graduating high school at that time. I wasn't 13, but I have kids now. And so for me to be able to watch that time period and 
with my kids was kind of fun because, you know, we were pointing things out to them. My husband watched it too. We all did. I would strongly encourage you to, to watch that 45 minute thing on how it was made because it is literally based off this person, the person's life. And that's why it was 2002 because that's when she was little. Uh, okay. That's really cool concept. It was so cool. They interviewed her, her parents and everything in the, um, how this all came to be. Like it was really big and they were going strong with it. And of course, March of 2020 came and everything felt like pause. And then they were like, no, we can do this. We're just gonna do it through Zoom. And so how all the steps that they took to make this movie continue on. But it was very cool. Um, the, the girl that this story is about is the one that wrote Bayo, the short. She's one of the ones that wrote that, which makes sense because we saw the little dumplings at the beginning. Brad's like, that looks familiar. And I was like, yeah, it does. Can I just say I was blown away by that kitchen, like the cooking animation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when it was like the slow motion, the dad was cooking. Yes. I was like, I remember sitting there. We were having a carpet picnic and watching the movie as a special so treat. cute. And um, I was like, animation <laughs> is so good. So crazy. All right, so do you guys all know about Cincy? If you know Gina, yes. then you should know about Cincy. Yes, we do. <laughs> so it's, I couldn't think of a nice way to say this, but they're like decorative figurines that melt wax in your house instead of a candle so it doesn't leave the soot. And so Cincy and Disney have joined forces now. And I guess this is new because it's now part of the Flower and Garden Festival. And they have this whole uh, line called Blossoms of Fragrance. And um, they even have their own topiary. It's three large uh, life-size butterflies that you can take your picture by in Epcot. And um, they have Cincy fragrance stations within the Epcot Park. And the guests are able to purchase all of the fragrances from the collection if they choose to. There's six. And, um, but Cincy's super excited to be partnering with Disney and they're looking forward to even more fragrances for Disney in 2023. So they must already know it's going well and they're gonna keep it, but I'm pretty excited about it. I have the Mickey Mouse one, but I know they keep coming out with more and more. So I think there's a castle. That castle looks really cool. See the price tag on that castle? No, I didn't. <laughs> it's like $165 Oh yeah, okay, so I won't be owning that, but I'm just so afraid it'll break. I. I had, I was like, okay, well, Mickey's gonna sit in the corner of the sink by the wall. There's nothing that it could fall. Yeah, okay, we'll get that. But yeah, it was, that one was even pricey. I think it's 70 or $80. Jeez. Um, yeah, I'm just like, it's beautiful, but I'm like, I don't, I don't know about that. Cause I, I love the Scentsy, but I'm like a big uh, clearance section girl. And that's where I go <laughs> to mm -hmm. get, I buy the warmers that are like, you know, they're cute, but I'll just buy them after the off season. The problem with the limited edition stuff, like whether they do Marvel or Disney or whatever, um, they're usually gone right. by the time they would be in my price bracket. So, but I just, and again, I'm with Vicki, I think it would get broke. I'd be to so terrified of it breaking, so. I'm looking at some of the Disney ones now. The Cinderella carriage one is beautiful. I know. And it costs $95. They make you want to have it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have some news about that Drurian. We were talking about this last week. It's um, There's a Drurian by Disney Springs, and they are actually taking reservations right now. So um, after reading this, I think that's what I'm doing tonight is I'm going to be on there looking at like pricing and trying to get some information on it because this sounds really exciting guys. 
The hotel is set to open October of 2022. So anybody going October or after, um, this could be an option for you. And depending on what the pricing is, it could be a good deal. Um, and I say that because pricing, who knows, maybe it's similar to some of the things in the park, but remember how we were talking about all of the extras that Drurian offers? And we were discussing, will that be included here? The answer is yes. So that was really exciting. Um, the resort is, like I said, it's about a half mile from Disney Springs. They're gonna have a shuttle to and from all four Disney World parks. So that's one of the incentives that's staying on site, like at a Disney hotel, you're going to get that here as well. Um, I do wanna look into how frequently those shuttles leave because that can be an issue. Um, also, is it a free shuttle or is it one of those you have to pay like $9 per, per leg because some of the hotels do have a fee to them. So that's just a few things for us to look into and maybe report back to you last next week about that. Um, but the other amenities include a free breakfast and Vicki has raved about this breakfast. It's amazing. A really good free breakfast all included um and then they have kickback snacks from nine or from 5 30 to 7 p.m and they're not like small no. cheese and crackers like it's a good amount of uh, food as well and then they have free wi-fi throughout and then there are several dining options a resort style pool an arcade i'm i'm excited about this i, am I mean too. i like staying on disney property but I'm definitely going to stay at this resort sometime. Yeah. I would stay there. Yeah, and you know so. what, guys? We can book it for you. So go ahead and call one of us. We're going to do some more research on that. Um, send us a text to ask for those prices, and we will tell you what it what the price is. I mean, it seems like it's got a lot included. So, Yeah, that would be a big thing for your Disney dollar there, I think. Yes. There for sure. Well, on this past Saturday, Disney World was under a tornado watch. A strong storm was set to move through the area as well as other counties surrounding Disney World parks. It was for Saturday at 3.38 a.m. and Saturday 11 a.m., but the watch was then extended to 1 p.m. Guests in the parks were encouraged to seek shelter, and there was a delay in openings and closures for the Skyliner and the monorail system. Some of the outdoor attractions were closed due to lightning and high winds. That's when what I was talking about. Yes, Sorry. that's gotta be. No, you're <laughs> I, I was about to say that it must be when lightning hit Splash Mountain, like you said. Um, the wind advisory was also in place for all of Orange County until 7 p.m. Um, sustained winds increased to 20 to 25 miles per hour with gusts of 35 miles per hour. Um, we hope everything's all right. Obviously, it probably contri contributed to the electrical issues, but you always think of the hurricanes coming through Disney. Right. Um, I think us in the Midwest are probably a hot, lot more used to tornadoes. It's still pretty early for tornadoes to be coming up, but I know they're warmer down there, so I guess that's why that can happen. But you don't think of that in Florida, like unless you're like up in the Panhandle or Georgia when there's real, you know, strong thunderstorms, you can occasionally get like funnel clouds and stuff. But right. I feel like that's not something people on the East Coast worry about very much. You're more about hurricanes, I think, than tornadoes. I, I don't know. Like, I've been in the Midwest for a long time. So. I don't know. We we get our fair share of watches and warnings, but probably not as many as you do. But when the thunderstorm systems move through, they're pretty common. I just feel bad because 
the stuff I reported on was Friday when all that stuff was closed. And this was Saturday. So imagine if that was the week you went. <laughs> yeah. It's like Armageddon at Disney. All the floods, lightning. Everything comes in one swoop. <laughs> yeah, I'm nearly... Yeah. This was quite the trip, but we didn't get to write anything. <laughs> oh. All right, Marvel fans. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is featured on the cover of Empire Magazine for its 400th issue. The first cover shows just Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. His hand is stretched out, casting a spell towards the eye of Agamotto. The multiverse is crumbling behind him. The other cover has a comic art style and features more characters and imagery from the upcoming film. Strange is in the center, several arms and spells emerging from behind him. Below him is one of my favorites, Wanda Maximoff, meditating as the Scarlet Witch in a circle of candles. America Chavez is jumping through a portal in the lower right corner. Um, so this will be the first appearance of Sochil Gomez as America Chavez in the MCU. Wong and Carl Mordo appear in the portals on the left. Monsters emerge from the other portals. The trailer for this movie is out, and the movie will be in theaters on May 6, 2022. I feel like there's a lot of good movies coming out. I might have to go to the theater in May and April. <laughs> well, you guys have theaters in North Carolina, too, where you can pick your seats, right? Oh, yeah. I don't even know if there's any theaters anymore that where you're not doing those advanced tickets with the fancy seats. <laughs> to tell you the truth. I haven't been for a while, so I wouldn't know, but I just assumed they would almost have to go do that with the pandemic and maybe stick with it. Mm. I know it's been a while since I've been to the movie theater, but at one point, like when things were opening back up and theaters were opening back up, I know they were limiting um, the seats and creating gaps between parties, but I don't know if they're still doing that. The last movie movie we went to see was Dune, and they were not doing it then, so I'm guessing they're not doing it now. I do not know. On Saturday night, the enchantment fireworks caused a small fire at the under the sea journey of the Little Mermaid. So a guest went on Twitter and shared a video of the small fire, and it's very recognizable on the roof of the Little Mermaid ride. In fact, one of the Fox News stations tagged on this guy's photo and said, are you curious? are you okay with us airing this on the news tonight? And he gave them permission. They're like, can we have your permission to air this? And so the winds around the Magic Kingdom were about 14 miles per hour. And the only thing they can figure is that the debris flew across the, you know, came from the fireworks and flew on top of there and caught on fire. Um, they of course had to immediately shut the ride down and make sure everything was okay. I didn't hear of anybody getting hurt because it was just on the roof, but I mean, that's kind of scary. And um, the thing that they noted was that this is the third fire that's been caused by the enchantment fireworks. What do you guys think about that? It's possible. Or the lightning and the tornadoes and the flooding and the... <laughs> Again, that was all Saturday. <laughs> has right. It, has it been right. dry in Florida? I just don't understand how a fire... Could, I mean, I know it's hot there, but like... I'm just like, it's so wet. Like the air is like liquidy. Like how is a fire just spontaneously happening when it's so humid that like, I mean, you should see what my hair does in Florida. Like I can't even <laughs> conceptualize that. That I mean, I get that you know, all you really need for fire is, you know, heat and oxygen and a accelerator, but it just, 
I don't know. It's just such a wet place. I can't imagine a fire on the roof. On top of Little Mermaid is some of that thatched hay. Isn't there some of that on there? I doubt it would be real though, you know? But I didn't know if it would ignite quicker. It might. If it's like paper straw, like fake paper straw, maybe. I feel that that wouldn't hold up to all that humidity you're talking about. This is true. I don't know. I do, I mean, maybe they don't, if something's outside, I feel like it would dry out fast enough that maybe if a spark from fireworks hit it or something, it something could happen. I don't know. Well, on a side note, I heard this week that a survey was sent out to pass holders asking them if they would like to see Happily Ever After return. And I was like, is this Ooh. because... Yes, please. Well, I know. I They didn't ask us because we would have said, yes, please. Um, I just thought it was interesting because it's just not been well received. And now three fires have happened because of this projection show. Is that really, you know, I don't know. I just want to throw that out there for you guys. After seeing it, it's a enchantment is an okay show. Yeah. Happily Ever After is so much better. Mm, see, I still like enchantment too. I do enjoy it. I don't dislike it. I just like Happily Ever After more. I mean, yeah. Let me put it that way. I haven't seen Enchantment in person, only on the internet. Um, so I think for me, Happily Ever After was the first um, fireworks show I saw in my whole life in a Disney park. And so that's nothing's ever going to be better yeah. than that. Like, and especially just how we, everything that happened that night. It's one of the stories I tell my clients about the amazing cast members at Disney and how great they are is we were, all my daughter wanted was one of those balloons, you know, the Mickey with the outside clear on top of it. And it was only like on Main Street that we were, and I was just like distraught. We had come off Space Mountain. We were starting to get that tiredness, you know, it was getting dark. And I, I had the times wrong of when the fireworks started because I kept thinking it's not worth it to stay. Like, we're just so tired, let's just go. And I'm looking around and like, why are all these people in my way? Cause I'm coming from Tomorrowland around that side of the castle and everybody's like, you know, wadding up around there. And I'm like, why are these people in my way? I just want to balloon and to get out of here. And like one of the cast members, one of the, um, you know, Mickey street sweeper crew people in the um, white jumpsuit, you know, with the brooms and everything. She came up to me and just tapped me and she goes, are you okay? How can we help? Aww. And I was like, honestly, we want a balloon and I need to know the best way to just get out the gates. And she's like, oh, okay. And she told me exactly what to do. And I was like, what what is going on she goes well the fireworks are about to start in like you know 30 minutes i said oh really i had you know i didn't realize how late it was and she was like i said well if if we wanted to stay and watch you know do i have to be like right here and all this she goes oh no if you can see the castle you get a great view you can go down main street and honestly that was the best thing we went down main street went to the bakery bought a snack abby got her balloon and we sat on the sidewalk until the show started and i almost missed that Mm. And I'll just I'll just be forever thankful for somebody like telling me to stay. So nothing will ever replace like that moment and that night in my heart. So I can't right. imagine being thinking and I'd probably agree with Sarah. Like, yeah, it's cool, but never going to be happily ever after. But I want happily ever after back. Yeah, I'm just thinking from a technical aspect. I think the composition of the music is better. The story to me is better in happily ever after. It has that special Disney something that just enchantment feels like we put it together for the 50th anniversary and it doesn't have that same attention to it that I think Happily Ever After has. Agreed. 
So um, I found this article this week and it kind of just made me laugh. Um, it was just shocking to me. Um, but 41-year-old Stephanie Beatriz, who is the voice of Maribel from the movie Encanto, shared quite the secret um, this week. Apparently, while she was recording the song Waiting on a Miracle, she was actually in labor. <laughs> So the entire time she was singing and recording that, she was having contractions and hoping that her baby did not come out. Um, Beatrice, she didn't tell anyone at Disney, or of course they would have said go home, um, but she didn't want to freak anyone out. Those were her words. She was just like, nope, I don't want to freak anyone out, so I'm just going to keep this to myself and not let anyone know what's going on. And I'm just going to keep on singing and get this song recorded. <laughs> um, so she did say that she was already having some contractions when they were scheduled to record that day. And she was like, well, fingers crossed. I finished the song before the baby comes. She ended up giving birth to her first child. Her daughter is Rosaline the following day. And then um, Lynn manuel Mar Miranda wrote the original song for the Disney film and she joked that Beatrice was also waiting on her very own personal miracle while recording the track back in August. I just thought that was really neat and the song too, the fact that it's waiting on a miracle and here she is doing exactly what Lin-Manuel said. She was waiting on her own miracle. How cool is that? So crazy. That's it. Just that's what women do. Like that's right. how awesome we are. Like okay, I gotta sing a song and then I'll have a baby. It's cool. Don't worry about me. I got this. Yeah, that'd be that'd be Stephanie. <laughs> she was at school on the hundredth day because it was the hundredth day, and she was at school on the fourteenth, and then had that baby just a few days later. She just oh my goodness. I went to work the day I was. I went into labor with Claire because I wanted. I knew that was the time I knew I only had six weeks off, so I was like I'm. Like, if I can get in today, then <laughs> it'll start tomorrow. So I remember I had to leave early, though, um, which was a good thing. But I was at work, so we can do it. I was You're with Lucy, too. It's just I looked a lot more miserable this time around <laughs> with this pregnancy, uh -huh. which is why everybody was like, why are you still here? And yeah. they were trying to put me on bed rest, and I'm like... I couldn't lift my legs and I had to shuffle everywhere I went and everybody would just look at me and be like, you shouldn't be here. And I'm like, yeah. fine. <laughs> Push me around <laughs> on a chair or something. All right, so this story may not be for children's ears. A Florida man was sentenced to 15 years in prison for inappropriately touching teenage girls in the Magic Kingdom. James Anthony Jones, who was picked out of a crowd by a Disney cast member's trespassed and was arrested after touching a child in the Yule Christmas shop, and another during the Haunted Mansion pre-show earlier the same day. A mother later came forward to Orange County deputies saying Jones touched a 13-year-old daughter three separate times the month prior in the queue of a ride at another Disney theme park. According to court records, a credit for 867 days will apply the Jones sentence for the time served prior to the court sentencing. Jones is now a registered sex offender. So I, I feel like I heard this like maybe a year ago and he's just now like being sentenced because this feels really familiar. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, I'm glad he's on the sex offender list and glad to get what's coming to him. Hopefully banned from Disney for life. I mean, 
That's why he's credited with the 867 days because that's how much he's been in. Okay, yeah, that's that's what I, okay, got it. So it was like 867 days. Okay, so then that's like more than two years. Yeah, it was before the pandemic, I know that. Well, I'm glad he's taken care of and handled. Yeah. That's sad. Like that's one of those things, like everybody that's afraid to go out and always worries something like that'll happen. That's like the last thing they need to hear. I know. I would just say, yes, you're gonna have a great time when you go to Disney but it's still a very public place. Disney does their very best to keep everything safe, but they're not gonna stop every crazy person from coming through the gates. And sometimes you don't have any clue. Yeah, you just keep an eye on your kids. They're still your responsibility and the place is crowded. A lot of times you're gonna be very close to other people. So just be aware of your surroundings and advocate for your children. And if you see something, say something. Yes. And 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 teach your children to be have body autonomy and like, don't let them. I mean, I've told my daughter like she's at that age where she's very like, don't look at, don't talk mm-hmm. too loud, like all that. And I'm like, anyone comes near you, you start screaming. And I'm like, worst case scenario, you stop something bad from happening. And best case scenario, you were wrong. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I'd say, you know, don't let them go to the bathroom by themselves. (laughs) You know, make sure you have a line of sight. All those good things. Yeah, just treat it like anywhere else out in public. Just Mm -hmm. be aware of what's going on because, unfortunately, people like that, they look like everybody else. There's no way to tell. Don't be afraid to, like Brandy was saying, don't be afraid to have those conversations with your kids in an age-appropriate level before you go places. I mean, Mm -hmm. Disney or not. If you're going out in public, let them know what the expectations are and, you know, how their behavior should be. And along with that, how they need to interact with other people or not interact with other people. All good things to talk about. Absolutely. So the Frontierland Hoedown returned to the Magic Kingdom after two years. Originally, Disney said that it would be returning February 11th, 2022, but it didn't. And no reason was given why. This hoedown features cast members dancing in the streets at surprise intervals throughout the day. Disney characters were formerly part of the procession, but it seems they are excluded for the time being. You can watch a full video of its return to the Magic Kingdom courtesy of our YouTube channel. So that's some fun coming back to the parks, which is always nice. So have you got any of you seen this? Because my family didn't even know what I was talking about. I've never noticed it. I mean, I've seen where like the country bears are sometimes running around in Frontierland, but that unless that's that I don't know like I've never seen like an orchestrated show street dancers in like western wear and it was super cute looking but I've been there a lot I never seen it before I mean Frontierland is like my detour to Adventureland to get a Dole Whip so I mean like I ride Thunder Mountain and (laughs) pretty well done after that it's like a pass through to get to Splash Mountain and Big Thunder and then or if you want to see the beginning of the parade, yeah, you know, like that. It's not a big, you don't spend a lot of time there. I don't know. I was totally blindsided. I'm like, Frontierland Hoedown, is this new? It's back? What? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it left. <laughs> it's been gone since 2020, so who knows? Our, our brains are just fried. We don't know anything. <laughs> That's right. Isn't that <laughs> We're used to being stuck in yeah. our homes. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you 
Sarah and Brandy for joining Stephanie and myself. If you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com or text us at 636-395-0544. If you'd like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, you can text us Sarah, Brandy, Stephanie, or myself, Vicki, at 636-395-0544 or email us at yourstorytravel.com. Just a reminder that a $200 deposit will hold your resort and ticket package reservation. So contact us today. And be sure to listen to Friday's show. Vicki and Brad are going to be discussing the memo that Bob Paycheck sent to Disney cast members in January, as well as a recap of the shareholders meeting that happened this past week. As always, thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, ladies, I think it's about that time. Disney love. Farewell, foolish mortals. May all your dreams come true. Have a magical day, my friends.